You think that you are the number one dad? No offense, Homer, but your half-assed underparenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed overparenting. But I'm using my whole head. No wire My father would womanize, he would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the first Welcome, everybody, to Mom and Pop Culture. Hello, Nathan. Hello, Amanda. We're back to take a look at the parenting in the 1995 opus, Tommy Boy. Absolutely. Classic, for sure. Classic. So we have been away from this for a little bit. We had a, a baby. And I had a baby. You had a baby. <laughs> I now have a baby. Yes. Um, much easier when it was in you. Uh, yeah, for so me, anyway. <laughs> the, I don't know, I think what drew me to Tommy Boy is it's at its core a sibling story. I don't, you know, obviously we're dealing with a new understanding of our own lives as siblings. Yeah, especially, yeah, having um, two children has really colored my... Uh, remembering of my childhood and the way that I um, experienced siblinghood as the middle child and also uh, the second born. Now that we have a second born. Yeah, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's definitely different. Mm-hmm. I was replaced. You were the replacer. I was but the... then you were replaced again. I mean... I'm the only girl, so I never got replaced. Take that. (laughs) Fair point. Uh, All right. So Tommy Boy is from the Lorne Michaels SNL universe, universe, right? It's um, almost all of these movies are the characters need X dollars by date Z. This is sort of like that. It's um, Tommy on a road trip. Yeah, that's literally the the company. Yeah. Uh, Comes out March 31st, 1995. Where were you? Did you see this in the theater? Absolutely not. And where were you um, in March, late March 95? Uh, nine years old. So what's that, fourth grade? I think so, third, late third. I mean, I, I, it was a staple in our household movie viewing. Um, we had it on VHS. We probably ran that sucker once a week. And presumably, I mean, you had cable, right? It was... Yeah, it was constantly on Comedy Central. TBS, um, yeah. Just just a rerun all the time. Um, it, but it was one of the favorites that I could always put on with my brothers. Mm-hmm, for sure. For sure. A lot of our humor I could see in this movie in both Farley and Spade. Oh, my God. I mean, it's embarrassing how much of my personality I gleaned from Chris Farley. You do a lot of cartwheels. And <laughs> how devastated I was when he died, but didn't know him it really hit me hard yeah it's weird how there can be that connection right Mm -hmm. i think that's part of the power of tv and movies and like effectively all that time you spent watching tommy boy was time you spent with chris farley yeah and i mean he is from milwaukee Mm -hmm. he is such a person i know without being a person i know sure so many people that i know especially my brother and uncles all have you know that kind of they're big dumb animals folks yeah (laughs) obnoxious but lovable yeah and, and rarely uh, as the character tommy boy rarely like crosses the line into into mean. dangerous or yeah. mean-spirited yeah yeah whereas yeah. obviously with chris farley there there were lines that got crossed me in 95 i'm 15 Oof. it's going bad <laughs> it 
<laughs> it is not going great. I'm like, I it's apparent I'm not going to be a jock, but I like haven't found playing music yet. Oh, no. And it's it's rough, man. It's yeah. about to discover smoking weed, which is going to help a lot, but it's not not going great. And this uh, movie I went to with my dad, uh, you know, quality time. Mm-hmm. Sit in the dark and watch the fat guy be funny. Um, a fat guy, skinny guy movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this movie helped. Though. All of this era of SNL was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for an awkward fifteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. The movie is directed by Peter Segal. Uh, some of or Siegel. Some of his other credits include The Naked Gun, 33 and a Third. The... Also a classic. No, I was going to literally <laughs> let me finish my sentence. I was going to say the bad one. Um, anger Management, not that, not my favorite. No. Uh, 50 First Dates, Never The Longest it. Yard, Never and Get it. Smart. So, Never I mean, he's, he's capable for sure. He delivers uh, on IP pretty well. We'll talk about there's some, like, flourishes in this movie of, like, really solid directorial choices just really strong filmmaking uh the writers are the people who i think are worth a um, more conversation and who've done more uh, sort of relevant stuff and probably speak to why it was so successful uh, in reruns and, and on vhs and in people's homes bonnie and terry turner they did um created third rock from the sun with john lithgow and jane Curtin. Mm-hmm. they wrote on snl from 86 to 92 which mm-hmm. is a pretty pretty banner uh, stretch there they created that 70s show and they did Coneheads Wayne's World 1 and 2 uh, and the Brady Bunch movies all slap yeah those are all great yeah uh, it's honestly maybe the least family of any of those to be honest with you in relation <laughs> yeah, to our podcast yeah yeah, yeah. Well, Wayne's um, World so in terms of its success it, it was not a theatrical success it was panned uh, you know it was nominated for some Razzies Roger Ebert hated it uh, it cost $20 million to make. It made $32 million in the box office. But you got to think they made their money back on DVDs and VHSs. And, I mean, they played this back to back. Like this and like There's Something About Mary are two of the ones that I remember them just running. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That one doesn't work as well on TV. But, no, it does not. Lots um, So the cast, a uh, lot of known names here. Um, you have Chris Farley, obviously, as Tommy Boy, David Spade as Richard, Bo Derek as Beverly, Julie Warner as Michelle, um, Brian Dennehy as Big Tom Callahan, and Rob Lowe as Paul, the sleazy stepbrother slash villain, uh, and Dan Aykroyd as Ray Zelensky, king of Midwestern auto parts. I mean, Chris Farley and David Spade, what a duo. Like... You could tell that so much of the movie was just them, mm-hmm. like just them sniping back and forth. They had such a great relationship, uh, such a, like we said, sibling relationship where it's like one of them gets offended. And so the other one doubles down mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. the point where it gets ridiculous because they know that they love each other. And so they both pull back like sure. it. It's it's really beautiful and really funny. We also observed while watching it that it was a lot like our marriage. A little too close for comfort. <laughs> um, one clip specifically. Hey, you can't sleep with the window open. And I'm going to lay down some other rules, too. What are you so mad about? Are you nuts? Do you even have to ask? My car is destroyed. We haven't made one sale, which means we only have to sell about a half a million brake pads in the next 10 days. 
or else the factory's going under. And the one guy that should care about all this, you, doesn't. You know what, Richard? You don't know me as good as you think you do. I care about stuff. I'm getting better at this sales thing. Well, I'm not, but I could if you help me. Forget it. I got enough to do without having to change your diapers. Richard, is this your coat? <laughs> Don't do it. Fat guy in a little coat. Fat guy in a little coat. Don't. <laughs> Fat guy in a little coat. Fat guy in a little coat. Take it off, dickhead. I'm serious. Richard, what's happening? Yeah, because he's just off the phone with Michelle. Like, they're, they're like, you know, he's not even up. He's just optimistic. Like, he has nowhere else to be because he, he's down in the dumps. He's not going to make a sale. And he's not going to be able to do the things that he's already setting out to do. But Richard is such a um, pessimist and, like, so practical that he is, like, we we've done nothing. How can you feel happy? My car is destroyed. You are terrible. <laughs> like this is all going to shit. And you know, Chris Farley, Tommy's just like, oh, come on, we gotta get get up and out there. And that's mm-hmm. the moment that he does fat guy in a little coat. Mm-hmm. And I think at any given point, we are both of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes each in the same hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of like uh, up and down and optimist pessimist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm more optimist and you would. I'm, I doubt that. Feel a little pessimistic. Yeah. That. What was the saying that like you an optimist and a pessimist have the same perspective and it's it doesn't get better than this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. So some of the stuff, as I mentioned, that uh, Peter Siegel does that's fairly, uh, maybe sophisticated is too strong a word, but a really uh, effective conveyance of stuff with visual language is the credits. The opening credit sequence, I think, is really good in seeing Tommy grow up and he's chasing something. He's, you know, trying to catch that school bus. Um, And you see him literally run into a fence and sort of get derailed just the way he's going to run into an obstacle here of his dad dying and he's got to go around it and keep running. Uh, and then he hits the door to the classroom building and it's locked. You can't get in there. And he sits down. He's totally defeated. And then he sees someone else go in. And as soon as it's apparent to him how to do it, it's easy to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Just like when he makes a sale. Uh, and so, like, in that three minutes, you get the story of the movie just very succinctly laid out for you. And then you watch it play out in a larger format with higher stakes. And then the other thing I liked uh, for many reasons is the dad dying sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, the the up and then the down of like the big Whew. wedding scene. Yeah. And particularly the camera shot of the, the uh, wedding attendees looking down to see if Big Tom's okay. Match cut to people in, uh, you know, not tuxes, but dark suits looking down at him at his, his uh, funeral or burial. Uh, it was really done and then Tommy alone like uh, in the wide shot of the factory it was, yeah and the loading docks yeah, yeah. it was nice yeah. it was um, sitting on the dock of the bay yeah 
What was the music? They're like bagpipes, amazing it was grace. It was, you know, you had to remind us we're in a 97 minute <laughs> SNL comedy, but I those were really nice and sophisticated. Um, I think though that the characters ultimately, you know, particularly Tommy and Spade and their performances are what made this a TV hit, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, that wedding sequence is so. I mean, there's no mystery how Big Tom dies. He's, like, at his wedding being, like, had seven or eight whiskey sours and I can still get a sale. And, like, he's just a big drunk who doesn't take care of his body. And, like, yeah, he's running around dancing on stage. And, I mean, Chris Farley's dead. Belushi's dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... If Big Tom Callahan's Big dead. Big Tom Callahan's dead. You think it was the sour mix? I do. I think it was poison. Yeah. I didn't think it eroded his esophagus. I think it was probably the whiskey was poison. Eight sours will do that. So there's a fundamental difference between a movie and a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. One you go somewhere to see with strangers, and the other you bring into your home, right? Yeah. And you're watching your bedroom. Um, and there's a warmth to these characters that just is better suited for TV. Like, they don't have the big kind of arc of, like, Luke Skywalker going from a farm boy to a Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. It's not that type of uh, big change story. It's yeah, just you're a, going around the Midwest. Yeah, it's you're, like a hang. Yeah. A hang film, right? Yeah. It's, it's spend two hours with these people, mm-hmm. watch the ads for, you know, Doritos, Locos, whatever the fuck ever. Right. And yeah. uh, that'll be that. So it's... um. It's pleasant. It felt good to watch. It did. It's very funny. Yeah. I mean, laughed out loud. Both of us. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know. There's not... Some of the movies you go back and you're like, oh man, there's so much transphobia or there's so Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. homophobia or racism or whatever. And it's like, oh, we like... It's all right. A real structurally sound story, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, very clear objects uh, uh, or objective very clear stakes, very clearly measured and assessed. There, and then every eight to twelve minutes, Fatty falls down, right? Or or does something specifically Farley, right? Which I if mean, you were Fatty gonna... falls down is one of the I it breaks my heart. Yeah, I want well because you're giving it such a pat on the back and a pass for not being transphobic. Like it's a real fat phobic movie. It's a super fat phobic movie. I mean, we did Roseanne. And, like, there were no fat jokes in Roseanne. I mean, there's not even, like, there, the the weird thing, or, like, the thing that is 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 so Chris Farley is that the jokes don't land. He's, he's so, and probably because, like, this is probably tied in with, like, ableism, but, like, he's, he's able to move around and dance and do all of this stuff, and, like, you know, he... He's getting shit on by people calling him fat, but it doesn't seem to phase him. And mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. part of... He's, like, absorbing it as part of who he is. But, like, hearing him, Chris Farley, talk about doing that character, it is very much Fatty Fall Down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing, because he... I mean, he's athletic. Like, one, I mean, what a... What a... Uh, unicorn... Uh, of athleticism and and I mean he, he could have been playing in the NFL for sure you know what yeah I mean? like him and like Jack Black yes. I don't understand how your body is those dimensions and moves that way mm-hmm. um, but it's not my dad I was huge around this time uh, and my dad maybe closer to Beverly Hills Ninja remarked over me like are you trying to be the next Chris Farley mm. or something mm-hmm. 
I should have said I'm his dad's dad. Tell us <laughs> that. It sucks. I mean, yeah, the his fatness is perceived as laziness. <laughs> I mean, like so much fatness is rather than it just being like who he he's a fat kid. He's <laughs> his dad's fat. He's called Big Tom Callahan. Like, what do you? I mean, like what everybody do you in the family photos is gigantic. Is fat. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're all they look exactly the same. It's, it's well, and that one is literally <laughs> Chris Farley uh, in drag. One of the portraits. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, you got to laugh. I didn't think it was funny because I, I'm a woman who is big. Who sure. looks kind of like that? Like it wasn't. It was like, yeah, that could be somebody's aunt. Yeah, this has been very Farley centric, but I want also. We love David oh, Spade. David Spade's wonderful. Oh my god, yeah. what we've a... been watching The Emperor's New Groove, and you <laughs> yeah, get a lot like, of God, David Spade. He's all over the place. Um, <laughs> but I mean, what amazing timing! His barbs in this are amazing. They're not even jokes, but like that he just they play off each other. I was before we started recording this, there was like a um, red carpet thing where they were like interviewing um, Pete Siegel, the director, and he was just like, Farley's the motor, but Chris Farley's, I'm sorry, but David Spade is the motor oil and the sparks plugs and like everything else that you need to actually get it moving. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just have one. Like I appreciate the auto parts metaphor too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for both. They need to, they need each other to, to make it really successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That relationship is what you hope your family would be like, right? Mm -hmm. Is, is really this, chemistry and you can clearly see the love for each other and like even when they're mad at each other they want to be together right yeah um, and they really hurt each other mm-hmm. but they like you still talking support about each film. other yeah yeah um so the uh, quintessential family quote in this movie is uh <laughs> she's sleeping what you do is you put your shoulder into her and you push and they fall over. <laughs> and this doesn't strike you as kind of dumb? We're family. We're going to be doing lots of dumb stuff together. Wait till Christmas. <laughs> We're family. We're going to be doing lots of dumb stuff together. Amen. I think that's about right. Mm-hmm. So we'll go through our categories here. The first one is the mamas and the papas, the literal parents in the story. Um, and the obvious biggest one is Big Tom Callahan, mm-hmm. played by Brian Dennehy. Mm-hmm. We've been uh, in Death of a Salesman to Tommy Boy, where he's a salesman who dies. He, it, that's very funny. He, I mean, like, he's perfect for this role. Oh, my God, yeah. He kind of looks like Farley. Yeah. In all of the interviews, he has such reverence for Farley yeah. and, like, his work ethic. I think he's from here, Chicago. Yeah. So, like, similar Midwestern roots. In the story, we haven't gone over the story summary. So, uh, Chris Farley is a kid who's been in college for seven years. He finally graduates takes over or goes to work for the family business. The dad has recently met a younger lady who we'll talk about at length. Um, And uh, they get married at that wedding. He dies. It leaves the uh, business in jeopardy. Uh, Tommy Boy and David Spade, who is uh, Brian Dennehy, his dad's assistant, go on a road trip selling auto parts to try to save the company. Mm -hmm. And spoiler alert, they do it. A lot of this I related to. My dad's a giant. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big person. My dad's way bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, taller, heavier. Uh, he also runs a pretty successful company that is not a good fit for my skills. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't need seven years to finish college. I mean, I went to seven years of, or six years of college, but I got an MFA. Um, but I just wasn't ever going to fit in there, um, which was, I don't know, sucked. Uh, I did have friends who like worked for him at times and I identified with them and really liked them. So like that Richard still being there. Yeah. Kind of like rang really true. And, and Right. Well, Richard, yeah, having that relationship with Tom Callahan that he's like earned. Sure. And like that, having Tommy come back in and kind of um, usurp that role. Mm-hmm. Like they have like a very good adversarial relationship. Yeah, because no matter what, Tommy is his kid, yeah. right? Richard could never be. Could never be. Could never be at all, no matter uh, that, no matter what. And as we'll talk about when we talk about Paul, like I ultimately felt like usurped by all the ones, all the siblings who came after me. There's obviously not the like negativity between Big Tom and Tommy <laughs> that I have with my dad, yeah. but it it the the friend still being there and admiring him was like oh, I got there's people back home in Northern Virginia still doing that. Well, um, Big Tom is earnestly proud of his son. Mm-hmm. Like he knows his limitations, he mm-hmm. sees it, but he still lifts him up and um, wants success and uh, him to be part of his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is is nice. Their relationship's really, really cool to see, and um, you know, obviously, they only have so much space in the film to cram it in there, and they did a really good job of it. My dad also had a successful company that I was also not a good fit for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was quite the thing for boomers to start companies. Well, I mean, yeah, the whole economic system is designed to to do that. Make you make it advantageous for you to make yourself a business. My my dad owned a TPA, a third party administrator for an insurance company. Um, so it was just sitting at a desk doing paperwork, and like I'd get to go there and do that every summer. And every summer, I'd want to die. <laughs> like, just nobody to talk to. People hated me because I was the boss's kid. Sure, sure. Like, yep. it, you know, like, it just, it sucked. It was far to drive. I, early fucking hours. Mm-hmm. Like, it just sucked. Mm-hmm. Just all around sucked. Mine, I would like that. Mine, you would like. Yeah. Uh, like, working at a plant nursery or yes. going out cutting the grass. That sounds um, wonderful. The, uh, yeah, similarly, I, I was... I mean, I was uh, hated for being the boss's kid, but also, like, was a shithead. So, you know, that didn't help. Um, and, like, they called me, like, Joe College. Yeah, same. And it was like, well, fuck Like, the you, people you. in the news in the newsroom, in the um, mailroom, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. they all mm-hmm. hated my guts. Yeah, yeah. But then, at the end of the day, I get to do this on a Tuesday afternoon, and they're fucking edging a lawn somewhere. Yeah, I um, know. I mean, like, I if I were one of those people, I would have hated my guts, too. Mm-hmm. I had no business being there. My dad put me in there. It was, like, a real bad, bad business shit. situation. Right. <laughs> the other thing Big Tom Callahan did that reminded me of my dad was marrying a much younger woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my dad married a woman who's 11 years younger than him, closer to my age than his uh, and that brings us to the pseudo parents of uh, Beverly, who's like the new Bo Derek plays her. Uh, they aged her up. She's thirty eight. She looks a million. Yeah, she does. I was looking at um, an interview from like the press circuit, and it's like she looks great. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what they did to her in this movie, but <laughs> she does not look great. Yeah, I think they wanted her to look older than she was. Closer to. Brian Closer to age? yeah, Brian Dennehy's age, I guess it must have been because that's what happened. <laughs> but yeah, her being 
conniving and ultimately the villain of it. Um, Which they let her get away with that, like as a film, which mm-hmm. is so weird. Like there's no accountability for her actions when she's, I mean, she's not doing the fraud, but she's endorsing the fraud that Rob Lowe is doing. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird how it just lets her off the hook because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, she's presumably just going to do the next thing to Ray Zelensky. Oh, right. That's why it's like, why are you... I mean, Ray Zelensky's trying to pick her up. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I You just watched what happened. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, yeah, she just gets a pass for being Bo Derek, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Um, that's the way these movies work. One bad guy. Where it's Rob and white. Right? Very simple. Um, so, yeah, her, her being in there and being a negative force, obviously... Right, true. I don't want to spend this podcast ripping into my stepmom, but like, you know. You could. (laughs) You can imagine what it would be like. You can imagine what it would be like if I did. Uh, uh, The other pseudo family member uh, was Ray Zelensky, right? Mm -hmm. Dan Aykroyd. And I liked that um, Chris Farley has like a relationship with him in his head. Uh The same way we do with Chris Farley, right? It is so funny him sitting in the hotel room watching that commercial and being like, he seems like a nice guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Richard is furious. Yeah, Richard's so mad at him. Um, But he does. Yeah, he does. That's his shtick. Yeah, and like, and then he does, he is like a man of his word, even though he's like, a capitalist pig. <laughs> like he still, he still has like some weird boomer integrity. Sure. Yeah. That they're trying to like be like, oh, look at the even this guy. Well, when capitalism was like pitched as like a noble thing, and, sure. You know, there's yes. a lot of like integrity to that. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. And like the way that um, Farley is like, or Tommy Boy is like, this is somebody I want to emulate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is now that my dad is gone. Where are there other? people I can look up to mm-hmm. and like he gets that and he has that experience where he gets to like pull one over on Ray Zelinsky mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like they have a, a like whatever you would call that um like a protege mentor protege yeah. type relationship yeah. yeah 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 where like if Big Tom weren't his dad Ray could have been there's a lot in this of the like company as family yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a family company. Yes. Literally. But then there's for Which, this. Why, what, what is happening in SNL that we're with Lauren Michaels? Is he part of a family company? Um, he loves that. He does love that. I mean, it's a great uh, opportunity for storytelling and tension. Sure. Sure. You get uh, things that are recognizable to everyone. Well, and like family businesses always fail by the third generation. There's like research about that being like that next generation just doesn't do it mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the third one's even more removed from it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and it's it's becomes a in my experience obviously family business on my dad's side becomes a um everything becomes about the business right any concept of what was family goes by the wayside because the business is like structured relationships with rules and you know uh, uh, you can monitor success and failure with money and it's all very uh, uh, to the point with my family where like my dad wanted me to like dress corporate around him like shortly (laughs) after this time like he was like you've got to wear khakis and a collared shirt 
like oh, when you're okay. with me. Sure. Um, yeah, right. Like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> and like, like, there's they. It gets in, so ingrained into them that it's like all your relations have to be business sure. relations where like other things you don't. It's such a white supremacist way of mm-hmm. looking at the world is like how can I add more rules to these relationships rather than figuring out communication and like. Rules and control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Like and hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Well, with yes, hierarchy with me at the top and I'll control the purse strings and you know the, the boardroom and the breakfast nook they're all the same and it's just yeah what a narcissistic way yep exactly you're at work all the too. time and you're you're meanwhile like this is true for big tom too like how much fucking money is enough right you got the biggest house in town yeah. da- dude like you you right and you and have a stranglehold on sandusky right. ohio we watched and, everybody else and like as they're driving through town after richard picks up tommy boy at the airport and they see factory after factory has closed and the only one that's still open is callahan auto parts and the success of the movie is that store or that factory stays open mm-hmm. what the fuck <laughs> that is the really happy bleak. ending yeah. yeah and like i I come from a family of factory workers. My grandfather worked at a factory for 50 years for Campbell's Soup. My grandma worked at a felt factory. My uncles worked as a machinist and, a, you know, at a factory at Reynolds mm-hmm. Aluminum Foil. That kind of weird fetishization of blue collar working class is, is bizarre because then you also have like the Oh, here's the college boy going down to the floor to talk to the people in the factory. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> and he, he, we'll talk about this later, but like he had to go to college to somehow fill this role? That's absurd. Well, right. And what did Richard, where did Richard go to school? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, it's interesting. My family wasn't. Sandusky U. Uh, yeah, or night school. Sandusky CC. Right. My family wasn't factory, but they're also blue collar. Like it's, uh, my dad's company is a landscape maintenance company. It's mm-hmm. not glamorous by any stretch of the imagination but it's it's that thing of like well if you're gonna do this work you're a sucker if you're doing it for someone else right the only way to get as much money back for your time spent is to run the company well right it's like that weird again white supremacist thing where it's like i don't want to do the work Mm-hmm. I want people to work for me doing the job. I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it, it, particularly with my dad, like it came from a few years of being one of those people on the labor force and, uh-huh. and somebody, uh, a sort of big Tom type, this guy Keith, uh, who ended up like defrauding him, but like giving him the, the courage to be like, hey, dummy, right. start one yeah. on your own, yeah. right? You'll always make less than your bosses. They'll always make choices that frustrate you. Like, I... I think also we were we were going to talk about um, Richard's relationship with Big Tom, and um, as a pseudo father son, yes, mm-hmm. and Richard holding that in such a special place that you know Tommy couldn't understand because he didn't have to fight for that kind of affection and attention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from Big Tom he like had it by or birthright. from anyone frankly like he's, sure. he's that's a big distinction between them right is everybody loves Tommy and nobody he's loves affable Richard. yeah yep. and Richard is just Richard <laughs> mm-hmm. but you need both right you, you need do. somebody who's watching the, the books the what watching the books mm-hmm. and 
making sure you're on schedule, but you need Tommy to open the door and talk to people. And well, yeah, and uh, to borrow your metaphor, or I guess Peter Siegel's metaphor, the uh, Tommy's the motor, and you need all the other parts from yeah. from Spade, and it's not like glamorous to be a spark plug or right. the motor oil. Yeah, um, but you need that to keep things operating. The other pseudo family thing I liked was the. The wife who's still mad at the husband for seeing a prostitute 50 years ago or whatever yeah. Yeah, in the war uh, is afraid that the whores are coming into town. Well, they would. They probably are already there, by the way. I mean, if the whole town's collapsing, sex work is one of the ways that people make money. So mm-hmm. that's probably already there. There were. And, and, and if I may say, if I mean, she's mad at her husband's infidelity, but is taking it out on women who do sex work. Mm-hmm. If you consider selling your body to be sex work, but not fucking standing in a line, grinding whatever brake pads for <laughs> 40 hours a week, not to be selling your body, like back-breaking work, that's just misogyny. Sure. <laughs> that's but not... they do give, would you say that uh, Beverly using her sexuality to her fiscal advantage is kind of close to sex work. It's literally the same thing. Right, and she gets a pass. So right. it's very muddled. Yes, it is. And their, uh, their expression of it. Who would have guessed it wasn't something they had a point of view on? They do have a point of view on it. It's That just, lady does, but the, the piece of the whole... The be- film has a point of view on it. The film's point of view on it is the same point of view that a lot of straight... What is the film's point of view on it? That women... That it's transactional to be with a woman. Oh sure, okay. Like that's <laughs> that that women have two roles: sex or wife. Well, we don't even get the wife in this one, right? Right, because the the new wife is just a sex see, object. And we, we don't, don't ever know see jack about Tommy's Mama Tom. mom. Yeah, Mama uh, Callahan. <laughs> Mama Callahan. You think she died in childbirth? Probably. Big yeah. head. Big head. <laughs> Poor thing. Brothers and sisters. So we got Paul, the Rob Lowe character, uh-huh. uh, in a good sort of run here of playing SNL bad guys. Yes. Started in Wayne's World, did this, and I think there's one other. Um, Real right turn to get to Parks and Rec. Yep, yep. <laughs> so yeah, he's the sleazy brother. I love the the way Tommy reacts to it. I love how excited he was. Oh my I God. related to that so much when my little brother was born when I was 11. I was so happy. <laughs> Um, brothers don't shake hands brothers Brothers gotta hug one of the like so many quotes from this movie just were all over my college uh, experience me and my brothers used to say them all the time because they're they're just they're also like it's you being a goofball without being the like the um, butt of the joke Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was memes before there were memes Mm -hmm, right you know mm -hmm. um when he's dancing like flash dance mm-hmm. to getting sprayed with gasoline and he's just like having a great time and Rob Lowe is just like man did you, <laughs> you paint just when you <laughs> doesn't smell like mud right um, I, I liked yeah the, the expectations um, Tommy had and then I liked that they weren't fulfilled right that yeah. felt really true for me and that the, the stepbrother kind of turns out to be a little bit of a scumbag not he's a little of, bit, a I mean, lot. He's the clear-cut villain in this, yeah. right? Don't necessarily understand. Like they set up for him a series of try and fails. That's the weakest part of the movie. Is like the he's going to shoot the tires at the truck, and yeah. then he's like in 
uh, Julie Warner's office for yeah. like 30 seconds and somehow derails the, the entire, entire thing. Yeah. New, new sales. That doesn't, isn't believable. Um, and I felt like they could have explained their way out of that. But Right. Whatever. I mean, but it also is the most boring aspect of the film. Yeah, they had 97 minutes to do it. So Correct. I don't, I don't have right. a lot of and notes. The other thing is movies don't have to be two hours anymore. Like, That's I mean, right. like, I, I don't know when we got to this idea that movies have to be so freaking long, but it was a delight to have a tight 90 minute movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other uh, one we touched on is Richard becoming a, a brother to Tommy, yeah. right? As, as more the successful version of this relationship. But I, I love that it shows that like it takes work. Mm-hmm. Right, it takes conflict, it takes disagreement, and meeting in the middle, or sometimes not in the middle at all. Right, um, and I mean they both. I, I mean they both have legitimate. Um. Um. What's the word that I want? Like they're they have this distance between them that is always going to be there mm-hmm. because of how different of people they are and where they came from. Um. But they get to real earnest relationship and it's very cool yeah and it they are open to exploring the places where they can be close yeah right there's they sort of hold that distance but are also like we can still find commonality and common ground and i i think when i was praising this movie for not being homophobic like i'm thinking about where they're listening to the carpenters in the car and they're singing and they're crying and they're just they're being really sweet to each other and like they're not being like, oh, it's so gay, or you know, whatever. <laughs> like they're they're like reveling. Well, in no, it. that that's what's so refreshing about it is that's where it starts. Is like, oh, I can take it if you can, and then cut to them really enjoying it. Like it's it's very subversive. Yeah. Um, and I love that it took uh, like a shared love of art to connect them. Mm-hmm. Like that's very cool, mm-hmm. and a, an effect this movie has had in the real world. When they've messed up, they admit it. You yeah. know, and and they acknowledge that they've hurt each other's feelings. Not so much here or here, but right, right here. here. We talked about Richard. His insults are are out of this world. Um, oh, they're so good. I got your niner in there. Yeah, I mean the. I, <laughs> it's a clip on. No, is it? Like it's <laughs> yeah, just no. so good. <laughs> Your brain a has a thin candy shell. Right. Your brain's got a thick candy shell. You're the one with the shell. Uh, uh, so, yeah, he's great. And that made me think of just, like, the vicious fights I've had with my siblings. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, particularly Laura, because she's my most sibling of siblings. Right? Like lived, lived together longest, under yeah. the same roof. Did you go on a lot of road trips uh, as a family? Or we with... did, yeah. We were always in the van going somewhere. Um, and, you know, in college, driving down to college was a two and a half hour ride. Mm-hmm. But then also more recently, as a um, working professional going on sales trips, I like actually understood that part a lot more watching it this time mm-hmm. where they're like staying at a hotel that's like, oh, God, I got to still do some work tonight. And you're staying with a roommate who you're not, you know, like... This isn't my preferred lodging. Yeah, at one point, Chris Farley comes out of one of the places with like a bunch of unhealthy snacks, mm-hmm. and that really rang true. Like road trips are where I've eaten the majority of Slim Jims oh in God. my life. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, we went on road trips with my dad when he had kids in Michigan, especially we would drive from Virginia to Michigan. Yeah. A lot. And um, long haul. Yeah, went on road trips with my friends, which this was a little bit more like, and, and the, like searching for a song you can all agree on yes. rang really true. That's very cool. Which I guess people probably don't do very much anymore, right? No, they totally do. But you have the aux cord. Oh, okay. So it's a Spotify yeah, thing you're searching so. through. All right. Um, Create. They've invented radio. Correct. <laughs> so our next category, unless you have any other... Sibling stuff is the damn wiener kids, so this is embarrassing stuff. Uh, of children, and it's all Tommy stuff. Pretty fun, right? Yeah. And, and I think moments where we watch Tommy and are like, oh, there I am. Oh, my God. Like, um, like I said, I didn't realize how much my personality was just doing Chris Farley. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so the first thing is seven years to finish college and then the way he's partying in college. His, like... That college scene, I, like, was sweating. <laughs> like, I just, like, I, I too much felt that college scene where he's just, like, super drunk with his bros at the party, and they're talking, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and he's taking a bong hit, and he's drinking, <laughs> and then he passes out immediately. <laughs> that, I used to run home from parties. Like, I would get so drunk so fast, make everybody else drink as much and fast as possible, and then run home. I think that's now, I think, ADHD, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly a lot of anxiety there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that scene where they're at, like, a big gross house party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah, rang really true. Um, obviously, though, I wasn't afforded seven years to finish college. My parents' deal was if you take longer than four, you got to pay for it. I mean, yeah. That was, that was enough. Uh, I had to take an extra class my final quarter or semester, but... I graduated in three and a half years. I know you did. We're all very impressed. Thank you. The, uh, him just general being a klutz, something I certainly related to as a person who almost cut my finger off taking the pit out of an avocado and has fallen up my fair share of stairs. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, a way that I really identify with Chris Farley, the person, too, is like, being an athletic bigger person like a fat person with some athleticism but also being somebody who has no like proprioception of where your body is at any one time the amount of like doors I walk into or walls that I bump into just because I have no idea where my body is at any one time that is the feeling that you get when watching Chris Farley and like watching Tommy in that role too where he just like he's trying to fix the helmet and walks right into the the big metal um, mm-hmm. overhang and, and stuff like that. It just like, whoo, boy, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a real, real interesting mirror. When he closed his eyes on the way to the office and uh, when he first gets there and Big Tom's like, I never I told you you didn't have to close your eyes, son. <laughs> but he's just so excited. That reminded me of me, this just like disproportionate level of excitement for things um setting yourself up for disappointment and it reminded me of our kid and the way she's like is about her birthday right now yeah just like a total cutie pie is like just so innocent in the way that he loves the world and like wants to experience it with excitement and like that's again like the contrast with richard who's like practical and analytical Mm -hmm. but it's also that's the lovable side of what Tommy's problem is, right? Is that he's still a, a little kid. Well, right. There's the shadow side of both Richard and 
um, Tommy Boy, where, like, they both have really cool benefits to who they are as people, but then the shadow side you see are like, oh, but Richard is a tightwad, and he's... Richard's mean. Yeah, yeah and Tommy's... You can't be trusted, and, and can't, yeah. like, can't follow through on things. Yep. Yeah. Um, beer in the work fridge, <laughs> I, I really related to. Um, I mean, particularly when I worked at a liquor store, like, we, I mean, we had beer in the work fridge like you know we would walk into the cold box and drink beers and it was uh you know i related to that the uh way he prepared for a meeting we both commented on looked like us where he's like pacing back and forth and psyching himself off before one of the sales meetings yeah he's Uh, like he's trying to get into a role you know (laughs) and (laughs) we don't take no shit from anyone (laughs) (laughs) I was recently reading like a Twitter thread about somebody who went for a job oh no it was ask a manager Um, and it was about somebody who went in for a job interview and they were really nervous about it and it was a job that they were very excited about and they have a script for Ativan and an anti-anxiety medication and took one did the interview was like slam dunk this was amazing got a call the next day was like Hey, we were really concerned that you were drunk in the interview. Obviously, we're not going to offer you the role. <laughs> like, <laughs> I imagine that's me going, like, not being drunk, but just like, I get how excited and like sometimes that, like, Tommy Boy going into those meetings, like, he's so excited and so anxious, and like that energy is sometimes, um, contagious and delightful, mm-hmm. and other times it is so off-putting because you can tell somebody wants something from you Mm -hmm. and like that is as my role as somebody who's like trying to raise money like yeah i'm coming to see you because i want your money (laughs) you you know that (laughs) like the same thing with tommy callian going in to talk about breaks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a very clear-cut set of parameters everybody's everybody knows what their agenda is right Mm -hmm. the last thing that um he did that I really related to is when he breaks it's not really a kid thing but when he breaks Richard's car and then just puts the door back on and leaves it and is like what did you do mm-hmm. when he pulls the door off that was did you do that as a kid I was my go to was uh, not not young but by the time I was like old enough to say have a party at my dad's where a table got broken oh, no. right yeah. a, an outdoor table it was like just leave it in the wind did it like clean up everything no one knows i was here right <laughs> just you know i had nothing to fucking do with it there's no yeah. reason i should be a suspect because i wasn't here in the first place <laughs> there were times i wanted to do it and my friends like wouldn't because it's you know it's deceptive um speaking of tommy's clutchiness like yeah. when we played mailbox baseball oh, and wow. i like i'm leaning out the window with a bat and i cock back and put it through the window behind me <gasps> Oh, no. of my buddy's car instead yeah. of like hitting a mailbox with it i wanted to just like leave it and say like vandals had done it uh-huh. right and he was like well we gotta come clean i mean to be fair he would have had to lie to his parents right about his car vandals did it his name was nathan <laughs> <laughs> yeah vandals <laughs> whoever was responsible should have paid for it 
Um, and then the other wiener kids are those kids mocking Tommy on the boat. I, oh, hold on. To go back to what did you do? Oh, um, yeah. Please. There were... Was that a thing you did? Not that I did, but my brothers did constantly. Sure. And so, like, anytime my parents would be out of the house, you know, my mom and dad would come back and be like, why is there candle wax all over the kitchen? Like, why is there, you know, what, you know, why is there bleach out? What did you need that for? Sure. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Sure. It's just like, you guys are dumb. You didn't even do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Uh-huh. The other kids in the story are the kids on the boat. Oh my God. And make fun of him. Yeah. When, well, I mean, oh God, one of the best ways that Tommy talks about his own father being like, I, I like you know how you always have a story that encapsulates who that person is. Mm-hmm. Quit playing with your dinghy, chef's kiss. <laughs> like that is absolutely wonderful. Um, and the preteen boys who are just antagonizing him and Michelle on the boat. Oh my god, I hate those kids. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. those kids. Mm-hmm. I've been those kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just why preteens are terrifying. Yeah. One of the, that's that Mulaney bit of like, they, they insult you about the things that are real. Oh, like yeah. They notice, you know, my hips are feminine. That's yeah. what I'm insensitive <laughs> that's about. That's what I'm sensitive uh, about. And I think that's one of the, I mean, obviously he gets mad by it or angered by it, but he doesn't seem to get hurt by it. I think that's one of the like lies of he, the movie. He gets embarrassed by it. In, sure. Because he's trying to get laid. Exactly. Because it's in front of Michelle. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he, he doesn't want it to happen now sure like is the vibe you get um but yeah that shit's really hurtful Mm -hmm. like and and like you don't i don't know being a damn wiener kid that's the kind of stuff you have to do to learn it like Mm -hmm. i'm sure they after michelle really scares the shit out of them which like also happened to me you know like you get scared about something that you had done or you you mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. your lesson learned mm-hmm. and then to be like oh yeah you don't do that to people <laughs> <laughs> which is is important i mean it's yes. it's where it all gets into the like oh right there's uh parts of this experience of being a person that just have to be ugly and unpleasant yes um and there's no it's suffering it's suffering yep. and there's suffering. no and conflict and and there's no other way for there to be growth or change or nope. literally or none lessons. other um do and we we haven't sucks. said anything about michelle do we is there anything she's we want to say about her she's just kind nothing. of there right yeah, like it's clear bad that shipping she, system <laughs> i mean she has a good shipping i, I mean i will say Rob Lowe can derail it in that office for 45 seconds. Can if you derail went into the whole my company. office and went into my computer system and deleted seven things, you would also completely mess up my stuff. Okay. And, like, I would have to go through and audit the whole thing, the whole year, to figure out what was done and how it was done. And those are things that I have to do at your close, and I would notice it then. But sure. unless I mean, and I've had people call me and be like, hey, this didn't get, I didn't get it you know, acknowledged for this or mm-hmm. these pieces of our grant were never Is that just because, like, it's a, a element of data that feeds multiple things? Correct. And, okay, all right. Correct, all right. yes. So, Still I mean, seems, seems dubious that he could, the whole thing goes down yes. in 45 the, no, seconds. The part is you see him do it to one file mm-hmm. to change, like, a shipping date at, like, time bracket and where... 
what the order is mm-hmm. and that multiple people cancel their orders because of that, that's bullshit. Nobody would no. give it. With the Damn. death of the CEO, like yeah. I think they'd give them a little bit of yeah. green, like uh, yeah. no, grace no. or leniency. That, you what know what? You gonna... They might even call and be like, "Hey, I want to confirm that my order is X Y Z," or like maybe Michelle would do that once she found out that one of the mm-hmm. things. Because that's something I've done too. Is like, "Hey, I want to," you know, "we're going, we're auditing our system. I want to make sure that we're." I mean, ultimately, it's a. It's one of those things that like is it's in the produced movie and you'd never get away with it in a screenwriting story. They just like omit the scene. Yeah. Right? Like, we just, it all happens off screen. Like, yeah. the big failure of the yeah. movie and the, the bottoming out. It's just like we hear about it. Yes. Um, were you going to say something? I felt like we got derailed there for a second on Michelle. I mean, I, you see Michelle as like a, I mean, what, how I saw her is, is like, maybe she also went to college and graduated in an appropriate amount of time <laughs> and then like actually got a job and then worked her way up to being the director of the shipping and receiving. Sure. Um, so she's like earned her right. Like definitely Richard is, um, respectful of her. Sure. A more similar trajectory, maybe start, same start date sure. as Richard. Yeah. You know. Um, right. Exactly. But two just different aspects of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knows how to handle herself around like the blue collar assholes who yeah. are dicks. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's just. She gets one of the best lines in the oh movie. Oh my God. She really does. So like, uh, what's his name? RJ? Like, don't mind RJ. He recently realized what a loser he is. And it's such a sick bird. <laughs> such a sick bird. And it's, yeah, it's like her third or fourth line in the whole movie. And uh-huh. you're like, all right, I'm, I'm in on this person. She could have been played by Janine Garofalo. Yes, yes. Big Janine Garofalo energy. Um, um, and I, I, watching that movie, loved her. I think she she's a great character. But, like, set against... Couldn't get Janine Garofalo in 95 for this one. That's probably true. Yeah, she's probably doing the matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> reality bites was around this time yeah she's busy becoming like an icon yeah um but like that it, it, she's she also is just um the because of the way that the movie is so focused on dudes like and women are such throwaways she doesn't get much of a story or um much attention other than being a um romantic interest for tommy uh, and then solves the problem she's the one who discovers the ruse of Beverly. She's the one who calls her brother to get him to fix it. Like That's without true. her, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. She's the problem solver off screen. Who's like maybe because it's all off screen. You feel like she gets so <laughs> cheated by it. Because like mm-hmm. even when you're saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, she does. That's because like, it's all off screen. Because you don't have time. It's not Julie Warner on the poster. I know. I'm right. It's be. you know. It could have been. And if they make this now, spade the lady. And it's a romance between them, and it's, you know, or or not, right? Because it's yeah. more subversive, but it's, she would get equal share. Equal, yeah, um, yeah, maybe if she was another, maybe, I mean, maybe if she had off. the fucking backstory that Rob Lowe did, sure. like, where you get, like, all of his fail starts for whatever reason, like, I'd rather see more of her mm-hmm. um, than Rob Lowe, but also I just don't like Rob Lowe. Yeah. You mentioning Janine Garofalo makes me want to talk about, like, I was surprised at the lack of SNL personnel. On, on screen and yeah. this. Yeah. 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 That scene that it's like his rugby buddies mm-hmm. would be. Where's Schneider? Where's, you know, where's Sandler? Yeah. Exactly. Where's Norm? Uh huh. Oh. So last. Kevin James. <laughs> it would be the. Hey, Whitley Brown. <laughs> um, where's the. Uh, 
I notice we haven't said Chris Rock. Is there? I guess there are black people in this, right? Some yeah, there's a like, couple. Tommy just sold a half a million brake pads. Right, exactly. I mean, again, it's a movie. It's not. There's no overt racism, sure. but like, there's a lot of racism by way of erasure, mm-hmm. um, and I. That's because it's a movie made by Lauren Michaels or produced by. Mm-hmm. I got one more damn wiener kid for Tommy. You don't tell the girl whose virginity, who you lost your virginity to, his dad that you lost your virginity to her. You were there. <laughs> <laughs> so bad parenting for me. I mean, the biggest one is Tommy's sort of big Tom's relationship with Tommy of like this kid's a fuck up. Why are you sending him to college for seven years to come run this company? Like, make his ass start on the line work his way up or or start in administration and work his way up i mean i guess one of the arguments could be like he'll do his messing up on marquette property and like at marquette's sure uh you know it won't cost the company any any more than tuition uh you know but like it seemed like a pretty foolhardy thing to let him just go what what we don't even know what he was studying or like he doesn't reference it at all it's just this dumb boomer virtue of like you get your degree and then you get things and it's like that's just a piece of paper well it's also from a time when it's like yeah getting your degree meant that you were going to make way more money than your peers sure Sure. that it was you not everybody had a degree i bet nobody else in that boardroom has a degree i bet big tom doesn't have a degree no way big tom has a degree but i bet i mean there's lawyers in that sure Okay, but the other people. Absent them, yeah. 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 Maybe some of them don't. Um, You know, I, it's it's of an era where, like, you could get your co- your high school diploma and then, like, make a good living. Sure. Um, As you say, we don't know that Richard or Michelle went to college. No. They certainly, those are jobs you could have, at the time, had a high school diploma to do. Absolutely. For sure. um, and But you're right that, like, Big Tom is not doing any favors for Tommy by handing him these things mm-hmm. it, I'm, I get wanting to do that I do it with our daughter all of the time sure, like of course. here's the stuff but <laughs> without her having to have the experience of it which robs them of the ability to learn that lesson mm-hmm. and like that house is absurd man mm-hmm. One so Tom's been away for seven years and Big Tom's been living in that house all by himself yeah that's bleak man yeah. with like control of this company and uh-huh. this dying blue collar was like some uh-huh. citizen Kane shit man. oh right absolutely you know he's got some fucked up relationship with the cops mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know he, yeah, 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 yeah like you know he's getting away with whatever he wants to do you know he's prequel. driving drunk like you you know like you just know that you know i people like that like it's always it's always like oh man they're a titan of industry and they're wonderful and look at all the great stuff they're doing and it's like no, they're not. They're power hungry and controlling. And like it, this movie paints a picture of like this idyllic version of small town life. And it's like, where's the meth? Yeah, it's really, uh, uh, yeah, one sided. Yeah, go to Fort Heights. Fuck. You can't drive around there being a white person without people running your car trying to sell you drugs. Sure. Like, the Ford plant's not there anymore. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, and and it's... um, There's definitely a bleakness there. Um, And then the the other element of bad parenting is the whole Beverly Paul 
thing is gross. It's not even bad parenting. It's because he, she's not. He's his not, parent, but to but he, to pose as the is disgusting. Father, mother, son with the person you're sleeping with. It's it's gross. So gross. Yeah. So gross. And like, just like I mean, yeah, that being the plot is really like I don't why I guess why even have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, why do you need that? Um, well, I guess you need him to show up for some reason, but he could have been. What are they? What is it? It's he's her son from her previous marriage. Like, it could have been her younger brother. It, it could have been, been anybody coming to the wedding. Yeah. Like. Yeah, f- old family friend. Yes. Yeah, you don't need the him to be a brother to Tommy. No. Because right? that's not really part of the story. No. I mean, it's funny. But sure. it's not, I mean, maybe that's all. Well, it, it shows us, I guess, Tommy's loneliness, which is something sure. that I think is is an undercurrent here of, like, how lonely Brian Dennehy's character is and how lonely Tommy is and yeah. why they need connection. Yeah. yeah. Um, good parenting. Not a ton, but I like the warmth of their relationship to Tom and yeah, t- Big Tom and Tommy. Big Tom loves Tommy. In a real way, I think. Yeah. yeah. But but here's here's the thing, I guess, that that's also bad parenting is, like, who... Who raised Tommy? His mom. When? Where was she? When do we hear that? I mean... Right, like, I, I think Big Tom wants credit for it, but he couldn't... You can't run a business and raise a kid. It's not right. somebody else raised them, right? Yeah. Like, that's a character who's kind of missing for me, is, like, maybe some evidence of that he, like, bounced around the factory and had different people look after him. I mean, everybody clearly knows him. Yeah. I mean, I... I from or the, the nanny way who that raised he, him. You know. it, yeah, I mean, from the way that he is as a person, you get the sense that he's a mama's boy. Like, right, but when? When? You get, I mean, you don't see it in the movie. I mean, you see him have a lunch that's made. You see somebody calls him in the, the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you have all of those things. Um, I I would imagine his mom died sometime in college. Sure, never asked her for a win. Maybe Just. that's that's why it took him seven years to finish it. Oh, there you go. Okay, it's the trauma of mom's death. Do you think her murder or uh, death was mysterious, given uh, Brian Dennehy's stranglehold on this town? No, I bet it was like breast cancer, given the working, living in like, conditions. Are right, right? Yeah, like a black absolute, lung. yeah, an absolute shithole like that. Like there's just cancer is so much more prevalent in industry towns. So yeah, their relationship's good. I uh, I like that in terms of just like good examples of being a person. I like Tommy stepping up to the challenge. Tommy being like, "Oh well, what if I did it?" And like, you can have my money. And him not caring about money was such Amanda energy. <laughs> and like, well, you only get that way if you've had money. Exactly. That's yep. what I was going to say. Is like that's how you can tell that he was raised with everything he ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't mean that you have everything you need. Um, oh, obviously, yeah. Yeah, and but that's why he's like, well, whatever, just have all my money. I can find more money. <laughs> Money's always been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which um, I big Amanda energy. Mm-hmm. But that I like that he's active there. Like in in other versions of the story, you might like he gets cajoled into it, and it's or some version like that. I like. Well, that and they his... don't want him to do it. Yeah, yeah. They don't want. They don't think he can. They don't want him to do it, and he's like. Well, I like the one guy who's like, I'll be damned. I, I, we that's, sort of get on board with him. That, and that's almost like a, a parenting relationship, too, yeah. where it's just like a, 
Oh, look at this guy. He's yeah, I guess we kind of miss that. Some of the board is real supportive of Tommy. Yeah. And really sort of sweet to him. And, and Right. And is an, this- honest to God, that's who would be vultures. Right. <laughs> you know, that's who the fucking no, real... sell it, sell it, sell, sell it. it. <laughs> get it out of here. Like, it would have been sold out from under him years ago, yeah. right? Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody this, would give a the... shit about the people working in the factory. Right. Like... Well, we uh, make them in Japan. Exactly. Right, I right. mean, Japan. Are you kidding me? Mexico make them in, like this time. Not yeah. Mexico. You'd make them in like Sri Lanka or something. Sure. You know? sure, 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 like... sure. Sure. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about Tommy Bar? Mm, holy shnikes. Holy shnikes. Do we like this movie? Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be back hopefully next week. Yeah. Thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe, share, tell your friends. Uh, email us at our Gmail. Yes. <laughs> Go find it. Go find it. Love you. Bye. Bye.